Hi, this is Peter Onorati. You're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential. Radio talk show about television now. Welcome back our friend, Ruta Lee. Ruta Lee, one of the grand dames in the entertainment industry and an actress whose career in film, television, and the stage includes such classics as Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, Witness for the Prosecution, The Twilight Zone, The Fugitive, and Perry Mason. Ruta Lee will join us in our second hour. We're going to stay tuned for that. James Rosen will join us later on this hour for part two of our conversation about Jim's life and career as an actor and a writer for TV and the stage in New York and L.A., including stories of Jim's encounters with the likes of Jack Lord, Jack Klugman, Steve McQueen, Albert Finney, and Paul Newman. We hope to stay tuned for that as well. Our second hour will also include part one of Greg Airbar's interview with singer and director Roberta Levitow. Roberta Levitow, daughter of Abe Levitow, the legendary animator and director of such classics as Gay Hurry, The Phantom, Toll Booth, and Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. October 2019 marks the 70th anniversary of the debut of Mr. Magoo, while Roberta recently released an album that includes music from Magoo's Christmas Carol. It is also coming up in our second hour, and we hope you stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, Greg is with us to start this hour as we welcome back Will Ryan, Nick Santa Maria. And Michael Schlesinger. Will and Nick are the stars, and Michael is the writer, producer, and director of The Misadventures of Biffle and Schuster, a collection of 1930s styles comedy shorts that pay homage to the Three Stooges, Abbott and Costello, Laurel and Hardy, and other vintage comedy teams. The Misadventures of Biffle and Schuster is available on DVD through Kino Lorber as well as Amazon.com and wherever DVDs are sold. You might recall that the last time Will and Nick stopped by, they gave us a faux interview in character as Biffle and Schuster. This time around, we're going to ask them some questions about some of the shows that they did on their own long before Biffle and Schuster. As we pick up the conversation, Nick, we talked at the beginning of the program, your very first TV role, you appeared in one of my favorite episodes of Buffalo Bill, the Jerry Lewis Week episode. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they hired, uh, I guess, about five of us. One of whom was Jim Carrey. One of them was Jim Carrey, who was actually shooting a show called The Duck Factory very right funny, next door. Very funny show. Sure. at MTM, mm-hmm. uh, there was Radford, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they brought him over to do a, like a special bit, mm-hmm. you know, as we all sit around and watched and all of us mumble to ourselves, we do a better Jerry Lewis than he does. I was hired to be a young Jerry. Uh-huh. I weighed about 20 pounds at the time. <laughs> and I remember the audition. I walked into a room full, uh, there was like 30 30 people and I walked in with a handful of books mm-hmm. and I tripped and I did the thing where every time he would pick one up another one would fall and I did it for like 10 minutes and they're laughing and all this stuff and the next thing I know is I got the part so and I was there all week which was wonderful but uh, I got to work with uh, Dabney Coleman mm-hmm. who was just brilliant and Gina Davis mm-hmm. and I became kind of close because we were in makeup mm-hmm. every morning mm-hmm. together but the one who made the biggest impression on me was one of the guest stars that week was James Cromwell. That's right. He, he was Bill's guest that week. That's right, yeah. on, on, uh, on the you fake know, show. talk show. Yeah. And he was the kindest, most generous man. Uh, I, I've, I've seldom met people as yeah. nice as Jim Cromwell. And just a brilliant performer on top of it. This so. is post-Stretch Henderson, pre-Babe James That's Cromwell. right, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pre-L.A. Confidential. Pre-L.A. Pre- Confidential, yeah. that's right. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful man. 
I understand Dabney Coleman does a dead-on Peter Falk. Well, if he does, he didn't do it with us. Probably not that week. He yeah. sat down with us at one point. There were like a few of us sitting around, and he was asking about people who did impressions. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was saying, oh, "Oh, I'm always fascinated about people who do imitations." But he didn't do any for yeah. us. But he loved the idea that we were doing Jerry Lewis. <laughs> oh, the whole badness, no hitting or hurting. I'm a bleeder. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's my experience. Was it mostly ad lib? Did they just kind of say, okay, give you an idea of what they wanted you to do and just let you go? How long have you known me? <laughs> uh, actually, they told me. A they told, take? <laughs> yeah, I what. They told me what they wanted, and then I did it in my own way, which cool. was very nice of them. Yeah. Very nice you have to understand, them. Nick is allergic to paper. <laughs> 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 pay-per-view. Yes, pay-per-view. Like but uh, yeah, so that's pretty much my experience. It was my first time in front of uh, network cameras. You did a BL Striker. I remember the show when it was on ABC. I haven't seen it in a number of years. Uh, how did that come about? Uh, I was part of a comedy, another comedy team at mm-hmm. that point, the Mark and Nick show. Mark McCracken, who's uh, uh, actually played Pumpkinhead 2. Uh-huh. He's 6'4". So he was hired to play Pumpkinhead in Pumpkinhead 2. Huh? He was also the Mant in uh, oh, uh, matinee. Oh, the, the Joe yeah. Dante film. Exactly. With mm-hmm. Bill Scheller. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he played the man. Yeah. You know, very, very talented man. So we had an act, and we were appearing in Orlando at the time, and my agent called me and said, they want to see you for BL Striker. So I went in, I read for Burt Reynolds, mm-hmm. and I made him laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, I added some stuff into what they gave me, and they made him laugh. So next thing I knew, I got the part. I have to tell you, number one, I got to hang around on the set all day with Ozzie Davis, mm-hmm. and we wow. we hit it off. He was such a great guy. And uh, Burt directed us, mm-hmm. and he was a really good director. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear. Yeah. Oh, terrific director. But this is the part that impressed me the most. It was shot on his ranch in Jupiter, Florida, mm-hmm. and he turned the barn into a studio. And when I walked in, there was a vintage train, like the Orient Express, built to exact specifications, looking absolutely gorgeous. So we got to play on that set mm. that he built on that in, in that barn in Jupiter, Florida, wow. for crying out loud. Built for the episode or just the head? Just for that one episode. Cool. It was wow. called wow. Night Train. Cool. Yeah, wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff. I will look for that. We're talking to Will Ryan, Nick Santa Maria, and Michael Schlesinger. Will and Nick are the stars, and Mike is the writer, producer, and director of The Misadventures of Biffle and Schuster, a collection of 1930s comedy shorts featuring Benny Biffle and Sammy Schuster, the greatest movie comedy team that never actually existed. The Misadventures of Biffle and Schuster is available now on DVD through our friends at Kino Lorber. Well, because we we are a comprehensive radio talk show about television, we do our homework. In one of your books, it's... The uh, Iliad? It's, no, 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 uh, no, it's, I believe in me and Duke, or Duke and me? Oh, Duke and me. Duke yes, and me. Yeah. Just sort of a semi-memoir, semi-behind-the-scenes look at your experience as one of the voices of the G.I. Joe show. That's how I learned that you were friends with Ann Rutherford, but I understand that once you danced with Maureen O'Hara. No, you once danced with Margaret O'Brien. You knew Maureen O'Hara, but you... Oh. Dance I once with met O'Brien. Maureen O'Hara, but yes, uh, on more than one occasion, I danced with Margaret O'Brien. It's been years, but she was very nice to dance with me because I didn't really know how to dance. Mm-hmm. I was playing with Johnny Crawford's orchestra in those days, and we were all pals, 
and during the breaks they would play music and uh, margaret is a terrific dancer mm-hmm. you know and i'll be I, interviewing uh, her soon no fooling no fooling really oh, wow cool great. yeah great for what uh for some video project oh we'll tell her hi i will okay. <laughs> uh anyway we did that on a number of occasions and, and it was just very nice of her and i you know still see her now and then i also danced with uh, who's the other france one? france nguyen France Nguyen, Nguyen. Flower, uh, yeah, Flower Drum Song. She was married she was to Robert Culp. Robert oh, Culp. okay. Yeah. Yeah. She right. was in uh, Joy Luck Club, too. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, everybody yeah. was in Joy Luck Club. And, and yeah. she was, she was Elon of Troyes in Star Trek. Yep. King okay. and I. All right. I get you. In a Gene Roddenberry-inspired costume. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a big Trekkie, but oh. yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. okay. It's okay. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, because of the... This is the Biffle and Schuster show. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and you guys are our guests. You better yeah. stay. <laughs> we can leave. Go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to usurp your... Uh... No, no. I, I forgot that I had mentioned this in there. I think I was bragging. I said, about the only thing I could brag about myself is that I dance with these two people. Yeah. But, and I remember it very well, but I doubt that she would recall it. But we knew each other because of the academy, mm-hmm. being at screenings and committees and things, I guess. And... There was a time when this terrific big band would rehearse over at Rusty's Mexican Cafe uh, in the Valley. Rusty's Hacienda. That was it. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I used to and go Dick there Miller sometimes. And, and, Dick and, and Laney would dance. June yeah. Foray would yeah. be there. Mm-hmm. And that's where I danced with Laney, yeah. which astonished me because uh, she says, I only dance with my husband. And I said, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Dick said, go ahead, go ahead. So, so I got to dance with her. Mm-hmm. And, and you um, had to make the mortgage payment but, that but, month. I remember <laughs> <laughs> Do you know at uh, Ten cents a dance. speaking of dancing at the seventy fifth anniversary party of Variety, uh-huh. the publication, the, the trade publication, I danced all night with Eva Marie Saint oh, to oh. Nelson Riddle and his orchestra. Wow. Okay, go on wow. with your little story. With my little story. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you, speak, are you speaking as Riddle or are you speaking as Benny? How cute. No, no, that's Nick Santa Maria talking. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's Nick Santa Maria talking. Me and Eva Marie. And she, she kept laughing because all I'm, I could ask I'm her sorry. about was Bob Hope. <laughs> Working with Bob Hope, oh, which she did God. twice, yes. you know, yeah, and, right. and oh, she loved him. Yeah. Look, I know you both well enough that I don't always know. <laughs> Am I Benny? Am I Nick? Am I Biffle? Am I Santa Maria? You know? So, sorry. But anyway, Franz sorry. was a, a regular there, too. Yeah. It was an interesting bunch of people because uh, June Frey would be there, you know, and sometimes I'd take her there. Dick Miller and, and who Against knows? her One will. One time I brought Phil Proctor. And, oh, I love And afterwards, Phil. everybody said, was that your brother? Was that your brother? And it was so funny because 20 years earlier, everybody would think that we were related because we looked similar. And one time a friend of mine went into the offices of Firestein Theater, and they had my picture on the wall. It was My friend was Gary Schwartz, and they had Gary Schwartz's picture on the wall. And Gary and I were friends. I said, how did our 8x10s get here, and why are they on your wall? He said, oh, uh, we're planning a movie, and we figured you guys could play us you know, years ago. <laughs> kind of surprising. But, uh, that almost sounds like a fireside theater <laughs> bit. Yeah, right. Well, did either of you ever dance with Debbie Reynolds? I never danced with her, but I've encountered her many times. Yes. Yeah, and it, it was always interesting. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I once passed her in the Sony lot. I said, hi, Debbie. She said, shut up. That's, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie was not the kindest. Yeah. She was always nice when, when I. When I that's because her. you danced with Laney. 
Uh oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah, I have no out. idea what that means. So, so, uh, but that's okay. But anyway, Franz was a semi regular there, and so we, we danced several times. You know who else I danced with, Michael? You would know this person. I can't think of her, her Chuck name McCann. right now. Chuck no, McCann. No, and Chuck was a regular there, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. She right. should have eaten more bran. Uh, she was married to Mr. Ralph, to Walter Ralph. Oh, Colleen Miller. Yeah, Colleen, Colleen Ralph. Yeah. yeah, so now, so I ask her to dance, and we're dancing this great swing music and stuff. Yeah. And I'm dancing with her, and I'm looking at her. And, and suddenly I realized who she is. I, I, I said to her, were you once married to Orson Welles? <laughs> and she said, yes. I said, I don't believe this. Colleen who? Colleen Miller was the name she had. She wasn't married to Orson Welles. In a movie. But, yeah. Uh, no. No, were you the daughter of Orson Welles? She played the daughter of Orson Welles in Man Orson in Wells. the Shadow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, sorry. actually, I just I, talked to her on the phone yesterday. Cause, uh, they just she's announced- still dancing, by the way. Yeah. So I guess I danced with her a couple of times because one time... I was amazed. She said, oh, you knew who I was. No, I didn't. It turned out Walter Ralph, the heir to the Ralph fortune, mm-hmm. was a big fan of radio's Lum and Abner. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. um, yes. So, yeah. and, he, and he told me a fascinating story, Walter did, that his godparents... Attention, Tim Hollis. His godparents <laughs> was the other couple on the uh, Hearst yacht the night of Thomas Ince's murder. Oh. And he said... The day told him what happened. They said that the movie, The Cat's Meow, is the absolute truth. Wow. That is wow. exactly what happened. I, wow. I believe that. I believe that. It yeah. makes sense. It and makes it's Because the, they told him. It's yeah. At, it's at the premiere of The Cat's Meow, the cast and crew screening, that I met, finally met Francine York, who mm-hmm. I'd seen around for years and years. Yeah. And, and, and you know, in that movie, there's a song of Will's featured prominently called When the Cat's Away. Um, Which movie is actually, that? Uh, the Cat's Meow, isn't it? Oh, the cat. I would that it were, but uh, oh, but, am I wrong? But, but, I think yeah, Ian, and Ian probably Whitcomb what you're thinking is song. Ian arranged all the songs. Of oh, okay, that's the all right. Ian Whitcomb. I've heard your song in a documentary. I remember telling you that I was watching. Oh, a documentary. that's right. Yes, uh, the, the song "When the Cat's Away" is used. Uh, it's a great in a song. Lot of animation sorrow and the pity. The sorrow and the pity. That's right. <laughs> it, that's it right. It became the theme song for Ward Kimball on Special Material. Whenever Ward's talking, yeah, <laughs> that in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is kind of neat. It's great. It's a great song. We're talking to Will Ryan, Nick Santa Maria, and Michael Schlesinger. Will and Nick are the stars, and Mike is the writer, producer, and director of The Misadventures of Biffle and Schuster, a collection of 1930s comedy shorts featuring Benny Biffle and Sammy Schuster, the greatest movie comedy team that never actually existed. The Misadventures of Biffle and Schuster is available now on DVD through our friends at Kino Lorber. Can you talk a little bit about the voice sessions for Little Mermaid since it's kind of cool that you are in the bonus features as a Blu-ray out and the script reading and things like that, what it was like? Yeah, they decided to do something that they had never done before that anybody knew of, uh, which was to assemble the entire cast of this upcoming animated feature Mm -hmm. and do a reading kind of a table reading at a recording studio so they could record it and mm-hmm. listen to it afterwards and study it. So, uh, they hadn't cast everybody, so my part was to fill in for all the parts that weren't cast already. Uh, I did do the seahorse who I played in the film and a couple of other characters that I played in the film. The main cast was cast. A couple of changes might have happened after that reading. So that was pretty neat. It was at some famous kind of rock and roll uh, studio. I forget the name of it right now, but you know, they flew a few people in for it. We all met each other. That was great. I walk in. I've been working with Ken Mars on a, a musical. I love Ken Mars. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, he was King Triton. Great guy. Yeah. We were getting together every day over at his house yeah. to work on this play that I was doing the music for. Mm-hmm. 
He wrote the play. I wrote, it was based on a Moliere thing. So uh, let's say it's a Monday, and he says, uh, hey, Will, I can't get together tomorrow. I've got something. I said, oh, yeah, I meant to tell you I, I, I can't do it either. Okay, we'll see you on Wednesday. Okay, good. So next morning I get up. I go to this recording studio. I go inside. There's John and Ron there. Oh, hi, Will. You know, here's the storyboards, and you'll be talking to this. Uh, I'm talking to the king a mm-hmm. lot in this thing. I said, who's playing the king? I said, uh, do you know Kenneth Mars? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I see him every day. Yeah. <laughs> is he here? Yeah, he's in the other room. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. <laughs> so that was neat. Uh, who else was on it? Uh, Jody Benson was there. Yeah. Was she cast? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I think the only change, they had a very good actor playing the prince, and for whatever reason, that was changed, and they had a, a funny actor playing what became the, the buddy there was a change there. Flounder or Sebastian? Uh, Buddy. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Buddy uh, Hackett. Oh, Buddy Hackett. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So You're talking about the uh, seagull. That, yeah. yeah. Those are the only two changes that, that I think occurred. The composers were there and John and Ron were there. Evidently, everybody else there was uh, kind of an approved Broadway person, and I was the outside kind of quasi-Disney person that John and Ron squeezed in on, on these guys because they just wanted somebody to be utility, you know, in a way, apart from this one character. But I was talking to Howard. Howard Ashman, yeah. Because yeah, we're just sitting around waiting to get started, and he was right across from me. So I said, uh, you, you guys started off at the WPA Theater, right? I said, yeah. I said, I did a show there once. I said, no, you didn't. I said, yeah, yeah, I did. He said, what was the name of it? I said, Visitors versus the Home Team. No, you didn't. I said, yeah, I did. No, I said, uh, it was the first play from the WPA theater. You know, I'm thinking, how can I prove it? You know, I thought, <laughs> well, it was the first show that ever played there that was reviewed by Village Voice. So I said that. He said, oh, uh, what year was that? I said, I don't know, 72, 73, something like that. You know, he said, oh, well, that's before we were there. That's before I was there. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he said, hey, Alan, you show at the WPA theater. You're kidding. <laughs> and, he said, and then we started talking about the place and the lady that owned it. And, you know, mm. it was down in the Bowery and, mm-hmm. you know, all, all that stuff. So suddenly I was okay. You know, with these guys. With the Broadway I guys. Was, yeah, yeah. But I kind of feel that way about you. Uh-huh. You know, being a Broadway guy. <laughs> oh, right. You know, you getting, squeezing yourself into this act that we do. <laughs> you know? Do you know that I worked for Mel Brooks for five and a half years? He, are, you, are you Nick? Are you, he's a driver. Uh, don't call me a you, Nick. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm Nick. I, I was, I was Nick. in the producers and, and for five and a half Mel yes. said nobody ever got his sheets wider. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Stronger than dirt. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was in the producers for five and a half years. Was he easy to please or not? Who, Mel? Yeah. Mel was an easy laugher. He yeah. was an easy laugher. You know, he was. He, 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 there were different Mel's that I encountered during that time. Uh, unfortunately, it was during the time that his wife passed away, that Anne uh. Bancroft passed away. Uh, so we had Moody Mel, yeah. we had Mel, everybody look at me or else I'm not staying. And we had Mel who was very appreciative and loved to talk about the Ritz brothers with me, you know, wow. because we were both buddies with yeah. the Ritz brothers. And that was it. Yeah. yeah. So we have the misadventures of Biffle and Schuster, the DVD. We have Biffle and Schuster, the comic book. We have mm-hmm. Biffle and Schuster, the book. 
Yeah. The Biffle and Schuster Portable Guide to Proper Etiquette. Correct. The Biffle and Schuster Portable Guide to Proper Etiquette. Which, by the way, is spelled correctly. <laughs> As opposed to his, his birth certificate. Um, <laughs> Will Ryan, Nick Santa Maria, Michael Schlesinger, thank you so much for joining us. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. We rehearsed that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice being had. The Misadventures of Biffle and Schuster is available now on DVD through our friends at Kino Lorber. You can also find it at Amazon.com and wherever DVDs are sold. You can follow Biffle and Schuster on Facebook and on Twitter at Biffle and Schuster. James Rosen will join us when we come back on TV Confidential. Become an advertiser or underwriter of TV Confidential and let our brand help promote your brand. To find out more, go to televisionconfidential.com slash advertise. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetic Health Hotline today. 800-712-8002. That's 800-712-8002. Paid for by U.S. Med. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your Dish-authorized retailer now. 800-296-1251. 800-296-1251. That's 800-296-1251. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-autopay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Story Salon is Los Angeles' longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon gemstones of narrative, something new, funny, astonishing. Sunset Magazine says, tales tall, tragic, and tantalizing. All of this makes Story Salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com. Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. The golden and silver age of television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Ed Robertson, author friend Donna Allen Figueroa, who I understand has a new book out. Yes, it's entitled Fall Again Beginnings. It's the first part of a four-part contemporary romantic series set against the background of working actors. Something that you know a, little, a thing or two well, about. Well, you write what you know, and I have been working in the business for... Several years. It is not necessarily autobiographical, but it's based on... Sure, many of the experiences that the actors in my book have. Many have happened to me. Many have happened to friends of mine. It's not, if you're looking for Valley of the Dolls, it's not. It's grounded in reality. It is grounded in reality, and it's the first in a series. Yes, Called the Fall Again series. Fall Again. Which is available as a paperback as well as an ebook and in Kindle at fallagainseries.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, 
have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.